This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hello again, Charles. Hi. Okay, so we've seen that Falcon is taking over for Captain America. We saw Spider-Man kind of being the new Tony Stark. We're hoping for Jane Foster to be the next Thor. So we're getting this new Avengers group, but we need to pad this team out a little bit. If you had your druthers, what like, let's say like two Marvel characters would you pick to round out this little RPG party for like the next set of Avengers? Are we talking about pre-existing characters? Or nah, characters go, go, comics? go weird. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Easy. First, Amadeus Cho. Give me, um, give me oh. all new, all different Hulk. I'm really, listen, I, I love Mark Ruffalo, love Ruffles. Um, and Bruce Banner is fun. But like Hulk has been big, Hulk has been strong. Hulk now speaks and wears clothes, and he's gone the full gamut. I've I've, I've seen enough of that. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see what this next generation of heroes is going to do. So we've got like a young hero, and then yeah, to sort of balance that out on the other end. Hmm. You got your tank. Hmm. I've got a tank. I've got a tank. Give me. Give me Moon Dragon of the, like, you know what I mean, from the Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't, I'm not sure yeah. how she would end up. Be, I'm not really sure how she would end up becoming um, like an Avenger, but I very much want to see like a queer Carol Danvers in the MCU. Yeah. And if that meant that you know they fudge a little bit with this Carol being a little Philovel and her hooking up with Moon Dragon, ah, uh, I would love it. I love it. You've also succeeded in naming two characters that there's no way other than the Uber nerds that watch, listen to our podcast have been able to identify. So uh, <laughs> now people have to go to our social media to see these characters so we can explain them and we can start the show. Thank you. Welcome to The Real Canon, a new pod about the genre pop culture we all live, breathe, and help make happen in real time. I'm Charles Pulliam Moore, writer for io9 and therapy enthusiast. And I'm John Reisinger, content creator and producer for Rooster Teeth Productions and a man in his mid-30s who still does not understand how bank loans work. <laughs> Today, we are joined by our special guest, Blessing Adeoye Jr. from Kinda Funny, and we're all talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Hey, blessing. Um, yeah, so Marvel's newest series has arrived on Disney Plus, and just from the first episode, we could tell that the series was going for something tonally different, but thematically similar to WandaVision's story about grief and trauma. Uh, the first chapter of Sam and Bucky's new story is definitely an interesting one. Um, it's trying to talk about social issues, and we're going to get into a discussion about whether or not the show's setting itself up to succeed. Um, but like John said, we have a special guest with us. Blessing, uh, tell us a bit about yourself and what kind of work you do at Kind of Funny. Hey, how's it going? Oh, where do I start? Tell us, tell you about myself. Uh, well, I make content over on Kind of Funny, YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. I host a variety of shows. I host Kind of Funny Games Daily, which is our video game news show. We talk about video game news every single day, uh, which is a very fun time. We do PS I Love You XOXO, which is our PlayStation podcast over there. Uh, I'm also on Kind of Funny Gamescast, which is where we do video game news or video game reviews, video game topical uh, discussions, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'm over there talking about video games pretty much 24 7. And then I also stream some uh, on my personal channel over on twitch.tv slash blessing junior. Nice. What are you playing these days? Uh, I honestly, right now I'm playing fallout new Vegas. I okay. like went back because with uh, Microsoft acquiring Bethesda, they did, they did this whole thing where they've added a bunch of Bethesda games to Xbox game pass. And so with that, I was like, you know what, man, I'm a big fan of fallout three. I love playing fallout four. I liked outer worlds. And so I, I'm, why not? I've not played New Vegas. Uh, New Vegas was one that I, I skipped over because back in the day, I remember, I remember beating Fallout 3, looking at reviews online, and reviews for Fallout, for Fallout New Vegas weren't that amazing. And so I was really? like, Really? Yeah. Like, I, I think Why? the thing was, the game was buggy when it first released, is what gotcha. I'm understanding. And so that kind of tanked reviews a little bit. And so at the time, coming off of Fallout 3 fresh, I looked at that and I was like, well, I'm not going to play this buggy, worse version of Fallout 3. I'm just going to stick with playing, the, or I'm just going to stick to remembering the game that I loved. And mm. now that more time has passed, I've seen more and more people be like, no, Fallout New Vegas is actually the best one. Like, Fallout New Vegas yeah. actually has so much going for it. And It's wild now that you bring that up. We've had conversations about this happening with a lot of these games where they ship clearly broken. And it's, like, supposed mm-hmm. to be, like, faith that you bring to the experience. It's like, it'll get better down the line. And you're like, hmm. Yeah, and New Vegas is a very early instance of that, and so now that I'm going back to it, I'm not really experiencing any bugs. I'm playing it on Xbox Series X, which means that I have an SSD, which means that load times are not an issue. The game is running fairly smooth, and yeah, I'm having a really great time with it. It's all it's the Fallout that I love, but it's also it also has a very distinct 
style to it because it mixes the the new the Las Vegas aesthetic with a very much a a western aesthetic which gives this unique feel and vibe and I'm loving it. Okay, now I need to go play New Vegas cuz I also never played New Vegas. <laughs> oh, do it. Do it. I just I just wasn't in the Fallout world as much at that point. I got more in like around like 4 uh and uh and so now I need to go play New Vegas. You've convinced me. But and we all, you've also convinced me we need to have you back and talk about video games. We're talking about MCU today, but now I want to talk more video games with you. Um, but, so, introdu- introductions out of the way, and uh, <laughs> we want to roll into uh, Cannon Fodder, which is our quick segment about the most interesting genre news stories out this week. All right, so, at the top of Cannon Fodder this week, we have the long-awaited news that we all knew was coming eventually <laughs> about Black Widow. Um, the movie finally has a release date uh, of July 9th this year, where it will be simultaneously released in theaters and on Disney+. Plus. Um, after, goodness, months of Disney kicking the can down the line, saying like, no, 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 theaters will be open and it'll be safe very soon. And everyone's like, listen... Black Widow is dead. We're really not pressed to, like, not to not to knock the movie, but it's like all of this will they, won't they with the release of this film was kind of getting ridiculous, you know? Yeah, I, I, I get it. Like, uh, it's it's admirable that they wanted, you know, one of their few uh, female led uh, theatrical films to get the proper treatment mm-hmm. that the other movies got. So if 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 that was like a driving force, then that's admirable in my eyes. But in the end, you're right. I mean, like. We we knew it wasn't like what are you gonna do, hold on to her for like two years, my dude? Um, I don't think I didn't think it, uh, they were. So it's like they've you know they said July it's coming. Uh, uh, are you still like blessing you 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 follow MCU? Are you still excited about Black Widow coming out? I, I mean I'm excited for it because it's an MCU movie. But outside of that, <laughs> I'm not like I'm not at the edge of my seat to watch Black Widow, especially now that we've we've come off of getting Wandavision and now that we're in the middle of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it feels like the new phase of Marvel has already begun in my eyes. And Black yeah. Widow, it leading off this new phase, mm. it felt like it was going to be the it, it being the first one. I think was good positioning for it because. You don't you don't have to think about the now. You don't have to think about where the universe is at post Thanos, post uh, Endgame. You can you can kind of go back in time and have this nice relief for a second before we get back into the swing of things. But now, mm. like we legitimately are in the swing of things. And Black Widow, I I, I like as a character a lot. Um, but I like watching an individual Black Widow movie for, for some reason doesn't has doesn't have me like extremely excited though i know that once i get there and once i'm once i'm watching it i'm probably gonna love it just because I, I i like that character and i love what they do with the mcu no i just yeah. want to say something right like i've i've said my my shady little things about you know marvel <laughs> playing playing coy about letting people see this movie in the midst of a plague a pandemic that we're still living through <laughs> um but that being said i am so excited i'm so excited to see more of the red room i'm excited as shit to see florence Pugh just be florence Pugh and like <sighs> extremely russian i do love her you yeah. know what i mean like i like i will say this element of to your point blessing like part of the reason that this feels sort of like bittersweet is like black widow was already overdue when it was announced right the fact that she as one of the core members of the avengers was not was was so late to the game getting her own solo film really kind of stuck out and looked like looking back at it now it's like well why would you prioritize this um the fact that we got we got three thor movies before this two of which were absolutely garbage and <laughs> i say this i say this also taking into consideration how much of an emotional linchpin natasha became you know towards um the more recent films where what happened to her her death in um in game was supposed to have this huge emotional impact that it definitely could have particularly if we've had more time to spend with her as her own character but in a weird way she very much is like you know the the featuring Nicki Minaj verse of the MCU. She always pops up everywhere else to spice things up a little bit, and never really gets her due on her own. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's getting a digital release that everyone's kind of excited about, and it's like, okay, I'll watch it. I hope it's great. Um, yeah, but. I hope it. I hope it finds a, a good lane to exist in and and, and dominate in. Because I think the thing that I I identify with a lot of MCU movies is that with with something like uh the captain america movies like those i see as the spy espionage intense thriller action movies and i think they operate so well in that space and then you look at something like thor ragnarok which is this fun 
cosmic comedy right and it's that those movies i think i mean i think i think the next door movie is probably going to occupy that same space and i think that is a very great lane for that and with iron man you, you know you get the the fun techie cocky tony stark and, and 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 those movies have a voice and have a lane black widow i'm curious to see if it feels special as an mcu mm. movie because mm-hmm. we've gotten we've gotten winter soldier and we've gotten civil war and i we've got we also got an avengers right and i i want to i want to know how black widow is going to kind of speak on its own because I, I i could easily see myself going into it and coming out of it and being like all right that was fun it wasn't we're a soldier or like or that was fun you know i i like natasha better in avengers uh one or avengers Inf- infinity war right like I, there are so many there's so many things to compare this movie to in terms of what is existing around and for what we've gotten out, out of the trailers it seems like it's gonna have kind of that winter soldiery uh espionage kind of slant to it the thing i will say though is that taskmaster i'm all about that seems like th- they seem like they're going to be a really good villain uh it's a good villain yeah showing off the cap the captain america abilities seems like he's going to have a lot of different uh uh, uh references when it comes to what his moveset is going to be i'm very excited about that it's just a natasha clone under that mask <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh okay so we talked about uh you know uh marvel films uh let's talk about marvel comics uh big news in marvel comics world as far as their distribution system goes marvel is dumping diamond comics who has been had the monopoly on distribution of basically almost all comics in north america how long for so it's been for the past 24 years marvel had an exclusive um distribution partnership with diamond which in north america like you said is basically the only name in the game that distributes comics Right. So today, Marvel announced that it's partnering with Penguin Random House as the new distributor for all of its comics products. And basically what that means is that the company that distributes the comics to the direct market, which is comic book stores, um, that's now going to be Penguin, whereas it used to be Diamond, which handled similar business for DC, a lot of the other smaller um, comics publishers out there. Um, And this has been, you know, it is a weird monopoly that everyone in the industry really kind of abided by because it all sort of boils down to the messiness that was the comics uh, industry in the 90s um, that ended up with Marvel almost going bankrupt and Diamond really finding itself in a choice position to make itself the one name in town for distribution. Um, Last year, after the COVID-19 pandemic really sort of brought things to a halt, um, by closing comic book stores and forcing Diamond to stop, op- you know, cease operations momentarily, mm-hmm. um, the publishers were left to, you know, figure out what they were going to do on their own because they're not entirely helpless, right? Some of the something that's right. been really weird about this relationship, you can easily look at the reality of how this works, right? Diamond moves the comics to the comic stores, people buy the comics, Marvel creates the comics, what have you. It's all very like, well, why don't you just do it directly? Um, it's just tradition, right? Um, but with the chaos of the pandemic, there was this opportunity for people to really sort of reassess how we do business. Um, DC was first to break away from Diamond and be like, Mm -hmm. oh no, we are also going to partner. This was back last year. We are also going to partner with other distributors, um, in different capacities to get our product to stores and to customers directly. Um, and that was obviously regarded as a pretty direct challenge to Diamond's authority. Mm -hmm. Um, little Steven Universe joke there for you. But, (laughs) but at the same time, right? Like, uh, you, you, there's how to put, there are countless stories of the ways in which Diamond's Um, Diamond's position in the industry has had negative impacts both on stores and publishers. Um, Mm -hmm. And so this change, as I'm I'm sure it's, you know, the the people at Diamond are none too happy to hear about it, but it does really sort of feel like a rather significant tectonic shift in the way that business is done that could point to really big changes in the future for the industry. It's not too dissimilar in all all honesty to what we were just talking about a little while ago about, uh, you know, Disney's release model changing as well as HBO's with the HBO Max deal they made for the whole year of, of, you know, uh, uh, theatrical and digital releases simultaneously. Um, the pandemic forced everybody to relook at how they did their business and, uh, you know, some good and bad came out of it. And in this instance, it's just kind of bad for diamond but uh uh you know they've they haven't like you said they haven't been the 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 greatest company uh ever and their owner um is a bit of a of a heel himself a little bit uh 
No, please go. No, I mean, no, I said it a little bit. And it's just that, um, you know, I just like the people, the people who are, who are quick to be like, oh no, like this is too, because like if you, to play devil's advocate, you can look at it, this from the other perspective and be like, oh, bringing all in house, you're going for that walled garden approach almost where, oh, the companies, or rather the comic book stores just have to work with the publishers directly. The thing is though, like that is not inherently a bad thing. If I don't think it's necessary, I don't think that that situation would lead to comic book stores in any way having less access um, to the products. Now, obviously, Diamond is still in a position to retaliate in theory, right? It's like, all right, well, if you, like, it can jack prices up on other things. It's going to be interesting to see how all of this evens out um, because the one statement that Diamond has put out so far is like, oh, well, we don't know how this is going to change discount offerings on other orders. And it's all very sort of like, okay, no, no, just say what you mean. Say what you mean. And let's be honest about the fact that change is afoot and everyone sort of has to plan accordingly yeah and but it's like it's it's a space that we're all playing in across a lot of the 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 media we consume i mean even like you know gaming had to make that change with uh going digital like blessing you literally just brought up xbox game pass and that is completely revolutionary of a of a release structure for games and made everybody like go like oh but what happens to the brick and mortars who you know you go and buy Mm -hmm, your games from mm -hmm. yeah no i mean that with with shifting landscapes comes these big business moves that are going to going to affect the folks that thought they were the big dogs and then turn it them realizing that oh either we have to make big shifts or we're gonna get lost to time and so Mm. yeah like the digital the digital market thing i think is a good comparison because right now right now with xbox game pass right earlier i was talking about being able to just play new vegas and if uh if you're able to get the deal on xbox game pass every now and then xbox will do the thing where if you pay a dollar you can get you can get access to months of xbox game pass meaning that uh there could have been a situation where i paid a dollar and that dollar got me fallout new vegas and all also this entire library of games um you look at games like outriders which is a game that's coming out uh april 1st and that's a game that just had a a demo that went up that people got to uh, got to try out and has a lot of of mixed feelings right now in terms of you know is this a great game is this going to be fun also how do we feel about spending seventy dollars for this that <laughs> game was announced for Xbox Game Pass meaning that for fifteen dollars a month people are uh, for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate people will be able to jump in and try it out and be like okay cool yeah like I like this or you know this ain't for yeah. me but you know I at least got to I at least got to try it out that's going to get way more people in and again that's an example of ways in which things move and shift and industries evolve and yeah for uh for this marvel comics thing right with 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 diamond and penguin this kind of reminds me keeping with the video game analogy of uh nintendo back in the day with the n64 and how Mm. for them they would uh uh, nintendo they charged a lot for uh cartridge uh uh or uh, publishing your games on a cartridge because cartridges were expensive and that was a thing that if you're a developer you just needed to do that because that was the only way you're going to get your game on a nintendo system is by getting it on the nintendo cartridge and with that you saw you you saw again you saw the landscape shift and change and competition begin to develop because on the playstation side of things they had discs they had cheaper ways in, in order to get mm, your software on mm-hmm. that system uh mm. and so when that opportunity presents itself studios and develop, developers and whoever right are going to move move over to the easier system or the cheaper system and you're going to get lost to the dust and have to adjust and so with the gamecube again you saw you saw the move to disc because that was the move they needed to do in order to keep up and then the discs got bigger and it was just, just back. <laughs> Uh, I mean, honestly, in the end of it all, it's like the, nothing is really going to happen to change like, uh, the, the media itself, uh, all that to say, if nothing changes on, on the consumer end, like if consumers don't see really a different experience or, or, or really anything that's, that's halting the way that they were experiencing, like they were, you know, buying their comics, um, ain't nobody going to cause a fuss about this. All right. And that's the important yeah. thing to kind of like keep in mind. Like the concern is always about massive disruption that will really sort of upend everything for the companies. But that kind of massive, like massive disruption, like everyone suddenly really getting into digital comics, that simply is not the case, right? People right. are still going to stores and buying things. And the difference between, you know, comics and collectibles, you know, because these stores sell other things that also are distributed by these same companies. Um, you, how to put, it's a physical object, right? It's 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 an NFT. It's a, it's not an NFT, rather. You it's literally a thing that you can't you know you can't load up to the cloud and just sort of carry around with you that way. Um, and so there is a sort of like built-in protection to a certain extent. 
um, for the stores themselves and all of the, you know, the people who work in the industry that move all the product around. So the moral of the story is, is that we're not really going to shed a tear for Diamond and uh, look forward to seeing what Marvel does with Penguin. Uh, that's enough for uh, news. Um, let's get into to stay the canon and talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, the Birdman show. <laughs> <laughs> the Birdman show that we only got to see the bird at the beginning of the show. It's true. It's true. Um, as we record this, we have currently seen the first episode. Uh, the second episode records. Uh, records the, first, the second episode drops later tonight. And who knows? It may be rather interesting. But we wanted to focus specifically on what this first episode was like and sort of like how the public has reacted to it. Because while WandaVision definitely ended up being a show that gathered an audience especially week to week as it became clear that it was doing wild things um falcon and the winter soldier has very much been marketed as like hey you guys this is our our return to action but it's also our social commentary show so like gather around and like get you some knowledge and with that in mind we wanted to actually sit down and talk about all of the ideas that this series presented in its uh in its premiere because I mean, just to roll right into our initial takes, I did not care for this show very much. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I was very excited to see Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan back as these characters who had always existed in um, Steve Shadow. Um, there are no sidekicks in the MCU, but they're definitely like second lead vocalists. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. That's who the two of them were, and that's perfectly fine. Um, and the prospect of these two elements of the Captain America brand, right? Because they are a part of the brand together, um, symbolically. The two of them really wrestling with Captain America's legacy is an interesting concept, right? Especially coming off of Sam's run as Captain America in the comics, um, in these stories that really tried to tap into like a discussion about what it would mean for a black man to become the most recognizable superhero, patriotic superhero in the world, right? Um, yeah. There's a lot of that, um, there's a lot of that, there's a lot of desire to hit some of these ideas really hard on the head and like smartly in this first episode. But I came away from it feeling really like, not only is this like a return to like grounded stories, but it felt like a big jump back in terms of like the way this story assumes how to put the way this story assumed like our ability to follow along with what it was trying to say it was very sort of like all right everyone do you guys know what racism is let me break it down for you <laughs> um yeah blessing mm -hmm. what how did how did you feel after watching the first episode i i really enjoyed it though i, I do hear a lot Ooh. of those, those, those critiques yeah i i mean i i agree, agree with you wholeheartedly in terms of specific moments where they they tried to tackle certain things where mm. If I, I, I got the gist of what they were saying, though when you think of the details of it, some of it felt a little bit flat for me. Like the, the, I think the big example would be when Falcon was going was uh, trying to get the loan, right? Mm. And they sat down and they had the whole back and forth uh, with the dude. And, you know, he does the thing where he's like, oh, yeah, can I get a picture with you? Like, oh, hey, I know you from somewhere. Like, are you a sports player? All this stuff. Stuff that is very, like you know micro micro aggressive and stuff mm -hmm. where you know in those in, in in some of those cases i was like okay yeah no i can i can see how that would come off as like a uh as offensive and i think i, I think that they're they're threading very well but then you get to you get you get to the point where it's like all right so how does falcon not have money like why is right, like, <laughs> right and it's not why even, isn't he doing like doing the fact that he immediately world. goes to selling plates and it's like dude all right you had a vibranium disc um so that was just cash you like let go Presumably, there are, <laughs> there are other means. Wait, of, wait, wait, that's wait, a respectful wait. So, move, so, though. So, Charles, you're saying that he had the option to sell Captain America's disc to to fix his shrimping boat. Okay, so one, don't be rude. Don't be rude. <laughs> all right, we literally, literally watched a whole movie in which Steve Rogers said, "Oh, the government is on some bullshit. Let me dip up out of this real quick, right?" And he had very solid moral reasons for doing so, and in doing so, exposed the existence of Hydra within shield right there is a right. very long and storied history of those people who either are captain america or are within captain america's orbit of taking very principled positions against authority particularly in moments when they are really trying to do the right thing by other people um for a show that is 
so front loaded with so many different kinds of messages all at once that are sort of working on different ideas and not necessarily all syncing up. That to me is why I'm like, all right, like if we're going to go, if you're going to, if you're going to sit up here and ask me to believe in a world in which Sam is both unrecognizable as one of the handful of people who literally saved the world. If you, if you want me to presume those kinds of things, you have to, like my mind is going to start to work towards like other elements of this grounded reality that don't really make a lot of sense, particularly because it's trying to be like, all right, we're going to, this is an important story about something that's closer to the audience's reality, right? And because there's that energy there, I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm looking at the realities of what it means to be um, a black business owner who can't get a home, like who can't get a loan and thinking about like all of the, you exhaust all options before you kind of just like give up in the show. I get that it's, 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 it's a premiere, yeah. right? It can't do all things. And so I'm, I'm, I have to fight my instinct to like go at it, at it. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's, and, and it's, it's throwing out there a, a lot of attempts to do that stuff justice. And I think some of the attempts are successful. Like I think the towards the beginning where Falcon is making that decision that he is, not going to take up the, mount, the the mantle of Captain America, and he's giving up the shield, and he gives the shield uh, to the government dude. I forget his, the the dude's exact rule, but you know he the, the guy responds to him like, "Hey, you did the right thing." And then it wasn't until the end of the episode where that same guy comes out and introduces a new white Captain America. I thought that was a very good way uh or a a good representation of of that same idea that they're tackling and the same issues that they're tackling of yeah no like they're 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 obviously trying to create this american ideal uh version of what a patriotic patriotic superhero is that is going to restore faith in the country and for them that didn't look like falcon that didn't look like Mm. sam that, that looked like this archetypal white dude that they found um and like you know to the opposite side of the coin in terms of like a critique with the show the way in which they revealed that toward the end of the episode felt a little phase one mcu it oh, felt it was a terrible little cheesy captain america it's like my yeah. goodness what it's like this? who is this guy like where'd this guy come from this dude looks why does like he have no chin cereal. the sad thing is like the u.s agent the u.s agent in the comics actually looks really badass right because yeah. it does play up the fact that fascists love fashion like it's just it's it's it's, it's a part of their <laughs> shtick right it's a part of how they win you over they present they themselves do. as they these do. like idealized figures this man came out looking like he got dressed at the dollar general and i'm thinking to myself sam honey you're not new to this world right you're not new to the military you're not new to the world of superheroism and presumably you're not new to the existence of racism in the world you just gave the shield up like you have this i'm assuming it might be a fake out you have this very loaded you have this very loaded conversation with rody the other black character in the mcu who is available at the moment and it's supposed to be like (laughs) it's supposed to be this like hey we are talking to one another not just as avengers and not just as military personnel but as like two black men like really having a heart to heart i get that there are career professionals who prioritize like the job over you know their own their own uh, their own needs but every how, how to put it, because there are so many of these movies where you have so many chances to see different facets of these characters personalities you've seen both like sam and Rhodey at like their highs and their lows and put through all of these situations that one would imagine leaves them with the kind of world experience to clock hey bro the government's about to play you and it's very i don't know but sam just comes across very guileless to me in this in a way that does not track with someone who you know fought aliens to save the world i don't know it just doesn't it's i i i think and like bro you 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 seem you seem fresh to this whereas now nah, you're you're seasoned at it by now yeah i, I kind of see that as well yeah he he's there's they, they kind of had to like take the dial that had his confidence and they turned it down a bit and and uh his comfort level in the skin i recently did a big old like a uh, rewatch of a bunch of mcu stuff and like thinking back to even ant-man uh you know he's presented as a you know a established member of avengers he's 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 even uh, uh uh patrolling you know their their headquarters and that kind of thing so it you know they've been laying down the brickwork of sam being used to this world and this this uh uh path for a while now um and it feels it feels like it was a very intentional it it had to be a very intentional choice to make him come across this way in at least the first episode Uh, i i would assume that like a lot 
of this might change with further episodes with the, the introduction of Sam and and uh, uh, Bucky getting to, you know, work together again. And I know I personally am looking forward to that. It's one of the most, you know, one of the more uh, interesting and charismatic uh, uh, relationships that they've introduced thus far in MCU. And we've only gotten to see like tidbits of it. You know, we got that little interaction in Civil War and we got them in the car uh you know watching uh cap uh kiss his old girlfriend's like great granddaughter he's a creep um uh, <laughs> uh but that also like like i what about what about the the, the bucky side of the like, the first episode was that was that a, a- so like speaking of old creeps right like let's pivot to the other old creep in the show because <laughs> but and i say i say that pejoratively because the show tries to play with it and i i kind of have a, a weird sticking point about it um, so in addition to Sam, this, you know, brings us back to Bucky, who is in therapy. Great, great, great. Um, he's freed as much as we can tell of Hydra's brainwashing and is trying to go through the process of recovering and readjusting to society. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm all for superheroes getting like mental help and stuff. And I think that the moments when the show is cutting between moments in Bucky's past where he was under... Hydra's control as a Winter Soldier and cutting to his present where he's atoning for some of the crimes that he did as a Winter Soldier. Like when he uh, pulls up on the woman in her car and it's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I'm sorry um, that that works. And I don't did. I don't know if it it is meant to be comedic, but it, it felt like a comedic that was like, ooh, like this managed to be funny, even though it's kind of murder and scary. Like, all right. Like that's yeah. a, that's an yeah. interesting um, that's an interesting uh, tone to strike. But like. I oh the thing that I was gonna say is I have a I have a I'm a weird stickler about how old Bucky is. Technically, yes, he's 106 or 107, right? And he, you know, this plays up this whole like, oh, he's a man out of time. I'm like, yeah, but you're only technically like really in your 30s, bro. Like you weren't awake awake to become an old person. You know what I mean? It's 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 kind of silly because this plays what ends up happening in this first episode is um you see Bucky hanging out. Um with an older man, um, with an older Asian man who's become sort of like his um, his friend uh, who he hangs out with in a restaurant. And at first it's like, oh, it's is this like, is this a World War II thing that you're going for? Um, is this sure. just sort of like you can only relate to people from that generation? Um, and then it cuts to, oh, no, no, no. Um, this is the father of a, a man that he killed. And it's something that he apparently doesn't know. Like it's treated, that revelation is framed as a twist in this episode. And it's like, bro, like you were a super spy assassin. You didn't, what, what's happening here? Again, like it seems like all of this, like it's kind of like in the new season of a show when like everyone in the previous like finale was like uber, over, over, overpowered. And they come back just kind of like, oh, we, we forgot how to do everything that we used to be able to do. Him being taken aback by the fact that he's become friends with someone whose son he was tasked to kill. It's like, Bucky, what happened to all of that training? Maybe, maybe, right? Some of it was lost in. I must, I must have read that scene differently. I read it differently. Tell me how you guys read it. Cause I like having just watched it, I was sitting there confused. I, I, I read it as he was one of the people on his list uh, to make amends with and Mm -hmm. that he, uh, he, he knew that he took out his son and he wanted to, he wanted to like hang out with him and get and build that connection with him as a way of like trying to help him or maybe trying to admit to him or, or, or meant like men that men that, uh, that wrong that he, that he, that he committed, I guess years prior or whenever, Mm. or whenever that went down. Uh, so I took, I took that, that moment of buck of like quote unquote realization as more so a moment of, uh, one us the audience realizing and then also him having that moment of man i I messed up like man i can't like i i've I've totally ruined this man's life and having that Mm. that sinking feeling because he understands at this moment that uh he's he's seeing directly the effects that him killing his son is having on this right 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 okay 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 i can see that i can see that i can see that overall i did i did enjoy the bucky stuff i would say i enjoyed i enjoyed the bucky side of things more so than the falcon side of things same yeah yeah, mainly because I I'm I've not really taken a second to think about where Bucky might be in the MCU. Like this is actually this is actually watching this episode was the moment where I was like, man, Steve Rogers going back into time and living his life and leaving Bucky in the present. <laughs> his best friend to follow him into the future. <laughs> yeah, might have been an asshole thing to do. Like, how? Why would you do that? Like, this is the first time where I was like, shoot, that's messed up. Bucky's here alone. Bucky has nobody. And yeah, you get that from this first episode where he's in therapy. He is 
sleeping on the floor, which is which seems to be more so of like a war thing where he he, he uh, like there's a there's a a reference I forget if it was in this show or if it was in another another Marvel movie where. They talk about oh this is this the is the beds uh, the beds is, oh, the beds Lord. yes I think this Ugh. is Falcon talking to talking to Captain America in Winter Soldier where in the beginning of that movie he's like oh it's your bed right like you know it doesn't feel right and all this stuff and it and you, when you get uh, Bucky sleeping on the floor that felt like a direct reference to that which I which I really appreciate and yeah you get him having these moments of you know have, being in therapy wanting to make wanting to to right his wrongs you have that scene where he he confronts the people in the car and that felt like kind of a scary thing but they do play it for laughs which i think is pretty pretty interesting um but like for what the show is the show is called falcon in the winter soldier and i don't know why in my head going into it i thought that that would mean that going in first episode is going to start off and they're on a mission together and they're yeah. cracking jokes you know like i for some reason i thought that was going to be the case but the reality is Bucky has not had one like, you know, Bucky. The reason why Bucky was was even in the final battles of the Avengers in the first place is because he is coming off of just being a fugitive. And he is like he, he is this dude at a time that is living living in the moment and the moment for him were these battles. And so he's not had time to rest at all. He has been in the action since being Winter Soldier, and like the little like, you mentioned this in the show that the little bit of rest he had was in Wakanda, like since Thanos or since being Winter Soldier, right? Like. He went. He went. He went from that to now uh, getting getting the bucket we had toward the end of Endgame, and this is his first time where he's like, "All right, I guess I'm doing my thing." You know, I I, I talk to the government. They're gonna let me. They're gonna let me go free as long as I go to therapy and not go crazy. I did appreciate that. I that like that nod to be like, no, no, no. We can't let you out in public because of the experiences you've been through. Like you are a legitimate threat in as much as like your trauma is something that could flare up as it is doing for Wanda down in New Jersey. Like that, it's like, yeah. oh, that, that's world building that works for me. But it's like, well, how, do I, I, and being on the ground, I'm like, well, how did he get back to America? Did he get on a plane? It just seems, it just, it's, just, it's, just, it's just like, well, Sam's just walking around and people are like, oh, do the flaps. And it's like, well, that's just, I, I remember texting a friend after I watched this the first time. It's like Lady Gaga's dog walker got like shot. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the that's the lives that celebrities lead. <laughs> like you do have to give these characters something to deal with, right? There have to there has to be some sort of struggle beyond the the villain, which we do need to get to. Um, not just the U.S. agent, but um, the flag smashers. Um, but like fame is its own kind of problem, you know, like and I, I feel like there there is a way to address the fact that the Avengers are literally and metaphorically the closest things to gods in existence. That still sure. sort of highlights just because these people are uniquely positioned and privileged does not mean that their family members, right, are guaranteed to have like successful, easy lives. But, you know, what, sure. I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to bemoan the show that does not exist and gonna engage with what we've got and the things that like really do stand out that are great about it things that i feel are a really great translation of uh these characters comics presences uh, particularly with sam this show finally made me understand what makes sam really dynamic and powerful um in action right um he's not just a man with a jetpack and some wings that, uh, you know, unfurl at really opportune times that, you know, that that jet sequence, that fight sequence that opens up the series is actually one of the better. I feel like it's one of the better in the sense that it really kind of highlights what the characters are all about and what sort of, you know, daring do's they can get up to um, at a moment's notice. And it's like, oh, yes, like you sold me on what the Falcon does. Bucky, he's strong. Ish. Yeah, as I'm excited to see what we get out of Bucky and what what we actually get from uh, when the show becomes Falcon in the Winter Soldier. Because, and also I, I wanted to talk about the title of the show in a second because I think that is a very interesting title. Because Winter Soldier is not the Winter Soldier, and Falcon, do you imagine is going to become Captain America? And so, you know, I'm I'm sure like the 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 title is more so about the places that they're coming from rather than the places that they're going to. Um, but Bucky, I what I. I Bucky's coolest form, like I, I, I think we can all agree, it was Winter Soldier. Was when he was on the bad side, and he and, and Captain America throws a shield at him in, in, in Winter Soldier, and he catches it and has that stare. Like ah, uh, the the stare sequence in Civil War is pretty badass. It's good. Oh yeah, yeah, and like I see, I don't know when 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 uh when Bucky steps to the plate and ends up you know crime fighting or doing whatever he's gonna do in the show. Is it gonna be as cool as the Bucky we got, or is this just gonna be boring, like kind of depressed 
Bucky, you know, <laughs> just really like going through the motions and really being sorry about breaking people's arms. But he's like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do this. Cause like he was cool when he was a murderer, but and now he's like, like it, all right, he's, he's a dude with a middle arm. John, you, you like, like you're a Bucky guy. Like Bucky gets you excited in ways guy. that I, the character doesn't really do a lot for me, but like, what do you, what do you want? What about this Bucky sort of like, has you excited to see more of him? It's a good question that I should probably have a better answer uh, than than just the simplicity of of enjoying. I I, I like I like um I like broken characters. Mm. Uh, it's probably uh, me projecting my own brokenness onto onto characters and then finding a connection there. Um, you know, uh, uh, I'm not alone in a world of people that there's plenty of us who deal with you know uh, chronic mental disorders of anxiety and depression and past trauma and that kind of thing. So whenever someone is able to convey that in a pretty compelling way. Um, there's a good chance that, that, uh, you know, I might get interested in that character. On top of that, I always liked how, how Bucky was written in the comics, the introduction of him, um, uh, similar to how they translated it in, uh, in Captain America winter soldier in, in the comics was, uh, a, a, a very, you know, uh, amazing event for me in the comics. And I liked how then it, in fact, in the comics, it turned from, Captain America dying in Civil War. That's a spoiler. That happened in the comics. Didn't happen in the movies. Don't worry about it. Um, and Bucky took over the mantle actually first um, and was uh, being the Winter Soldier while dating Natasha as well. Um, him and Black Widow were a thing. Uh, and then later on, Cap comes back because no one stays dead in comics. And eventually Cap gets accidentally turned into an old man. And so that's when Falcon takes over as Captain America. Um, but during that run of the post, you know, Cap Death world and reading, you know, Bucky had his own struggles with uh, responsibility and, you know, continuing the needs of what the Captain America persona has in the world. Um, you know, pair that with how I think good of a job Sebastian Stan so far has has portrayed someone who has his own trauma, but also is going to do what he needs to do to help those who are important in his life. Um, like, you know, Cap, essentially, you know, up to this point. Uh, I, I, I like that character. And and so, granted, I really wasn't a huge fan of how they uh, portrayed therapy in uh, this first episode. That was not a good therapist. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> um, just, I I don't think that's how, you know, I get it. He's, he's probably like, he's, he's, this is probably like therapy session number 15 where he's really not giving her anything and she's a bit frustrated and she's an old military woman. I get it. Um, I, I, I at least like that Bucky is doing that. Like Bucky is going to therapy and Bucky is trying to heal himself. Um, Bucky, you know, is, is, as you guys put it, he's stranded here without his best friend now. So, uh, you know, he's probably doing the best with what he can. And I hope that when him and Sam get reconnected, um, that, you know, they find that, that missing piece of, you know, the, the, the glue that was holding them together, which was cap. And they just find that in each other and can even help each other in their own, you know, you know development of their own trauma and their own struggles and and that's like a core element of the show is their their friendship like that'd be kind of just kind of a cool that we really haven't like explored deep friendship in the movies thus far i'm trying to think of any movie that really sold that i mean thor and and, and hulk were trying to sell that in ragnarok and did a pretty good job of it i liked it um but these two characters who have their own struggles to deal with uh you know sam with the pressure of captain america and and like you guys were saying being the one of the only two you know black avengers that are out there and then bucky having his dark past and his own trauma um i hope i hope that both those avenues are are explored together as they they team up yeah i'm I'm excited for this show to do more showing than telling because i think when it comes to John, John, you made a good a good point talking about the relationships that we've gotten out of MCU's thus far, and and Thor and Hulk is like one that comes to mind, right? And like, I don't think, you know, so far the big relationships we've gotten haven't been relationships that I feel like are 
explored super well. well you know, I think- yeah, we, we, we talked about this when we were covering WandaVision, but part of what we loved about WandaVision was it was the first time that they could take time and yes. explore a romantic relationship and really show love, which which was was perfect between uh, uh, yeah. you know, Vision and Wanda. And like, you know, when I think of a relationship I, I love, you know, I think of Captain America and Iron Man, but that was that wasn't really like a relationship that was explored too deeply. That was more so an arc over the course of Multiple a lot of movies, movies that yeah. we got moments here and there and arguments here and there and, and now that we, now that we're now that we're, to, we're uh post it we can look back and be like wow look at how these characters interacted but it, i think wandavision is another good example of w- wanda and vision their relationship up to that point was a relationship that was i feel like was more talked about than shown. it was a footnote definitely it was things yeah, that you like, would pick up on if you were paying attention oh he scooped her up before she fell in sokovia that's because they're exactly. in love and it's like or it's because he just wanted to make sure she didn't die but okay but it, like it all re- works enough as like groundwork the reason why we believe wanda was that in love with vision at, by the beginning of wandavision is because marvel was like hey they're in love and it's just up to us to be like all right cool i guess i guess they are because you know they're giving us hints here and there so i guess i guess they, they got this passion going um but i i feel like historically the mcu just hasn't really dug down and really built a, a relationship between two characters in a way that felt uh meaningful and focused and was more show than tell and i think this this show is going to be more show than tell i would imagine between uh these two characters which i'm excited about and if we get to a point toward the end of the show where i believe it right because because i got to see it i think that'll be a success for it happy and tony had a good relationship you know what tony and um Tony and, I liked and, it. I, I liked. I again. I rewatched MCU. It's fun to watch uh, John Favreau and Robert Downey Jr. enact with each other throughout like the the Iron Man movies. It's it's a cute little relationship. Tony and Peter Parker. I feel like had a decent relationship too. But even that was that's like, father son. That's father son. We yeah. haven't gotten into like just like friendship. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think the interesting thing though is going to be like because the thing that binds Sam and Bucky together is like is gone like it's steve and he's not there like i don't we've all had that experience where we try to introduce two of our friends to each other and then we leave them alone and you come back into the room and it's like oh no what did you do to each other like why why won't you make eye contact and it's because it's shit like a common friend is not always enough to be the basis of a friendship particularly one that's supposed to be the emotional core of like a really dynamic series um and it's interesting that neither bucky nor sam has ever really been framed as a character that's particularly interested in like you know camaraderie they're there and for the camaraderie that exists in like the midst of battle but like sure you know when you meet sam it's like he is a soldier right and he like you know he's looking to his left and paying attention to everything right but he's not necessarily like going to happy hour you see some of that um, with sam and torres in this first episode right so this like the series is trying to give you like a basis like no sam you know he does hang out he does try to like yeah yeah have a social life but with bucky it's like it's the amount of work that has to go in to get him into uh, a space that's even like approaching um approachable like that to me feels like the big hurdle that the show is going to have to clear in like a really effective way to make you know the buddy moments feel like more than the marvel's attempt um at doing hobbs and shaw <laughs> that's a good comparison actually i, I like uh, hobbs and shaw is a movie that that, that I, I really dug because i love fast and furious and i well, like so this and so the thing is like, but I don't even say that like pejoratively, like we were talking about this, like the Fast franchise, um, one of the things that fans love about it is as hokey as it sounds, the idea of family in the Fast franchise is something that the screenwriters and the directors and the actors all take very seriously. And it has been woven into the narrative, right? So when you see Vin Diesel and The Rock and Michelle Rodriguez, I don't know, Daisy chaining a car back up a cliff or something, you believe it when they're like, that's my brother, that's my sister yeah Um, that same kind of like again groundwork for just like do you even have it in you to pal around with this man who tried to kill you that one time like because it doesn't i I will believe it if you didn't and that would be okay but like i'm not i don't know that i'm ready for the moment where like sam punches bucky in his arm and his arm pops off and they laugh about it i'm like (laughs) I mean, we got. I feel like we got a little bit of that in Civil War with the actual. The big you know, fight. I said I, as I say that, I, I'm like, oh wait, no, they did do that with Spider Man. Yeah, I guess. The, the yeah, with Spider Man, when Spider Man yeah, tied yeah, them both yeah. up, and mm. you know, Sam looks at him and he's like, I hate you or whatever, he, whatever he said, right? Like you get, right. a, you get a little bit of that, and I think that was kind of the exciting prospect of the show of um, of getting more of that. But I think 
where the show where, where the show has started off now i think it's it's set itself up to be way more serious and way more grounded even though we've gotten trailers where apparently uh you know bucky has uh read tolkien and all this stuff and so they're <laughs> they're building i think they're building to these fun conversations and yeah. these fun moments but i do like the idea of them taking it a little bit more seriously and, and being like hey Bucky is a dude who's going through it. Sam is a dude who, you know, you might not realize it, but he's also going through it a little bit. And we're going to unite them in order to take on this, this, in order to take on whatever it is they're taking on. I guess the flag smashers, which we still got to talk about. There is, in fact, so much to talk about, and and we are getting to the point where we're running out of tape to to make our listeners listen to. But is there is there? Would you want to touch on like the villain reveals and like what we think about that? We should. We should. Because there's not a lot. There's not a lot to go on. And I feel like there's yeah. just enough to give our, our snapshot reactions. We're introduced to the Flag Smashers, um, who are somehow associated with the LDF in this world. Um, and they are terrorists who don't believe in borders and also do believe in geotagging things um, in augmented reality, um, which is <laughs> it's very like, OK, like you're again, like this the the. the the premiere was just sort of just trying to introduce these, you know, these people as presences in the world. But it does feel sort of um, it reminded me of Ghost, the villain in um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, just in terms of the kind of energy that the Flag Smashers leader that we see very briefly has. Um, we all know I feel like everyone who's watching the show is aware of the actress who played Infus Nest being cast in this show as one of the um, antagonists. And I can totally see how. It fits in with the like the show's overall focus on like social issues, right? You have this group of revolutionary, you know, quote unquote terrorists who are advocating for a new world order, rallying against the government that is secretly fascistic. I can see how that all fits together. I just want it to be more than I, I don't know. I because blessing you you mentioned earlier about Black Widow about how you're not really sure where that movie is going to fit in thematically, given that we sort of already have espionage and intrigue in um, the Captain America movies, and you know, in this, I worry that like this, you know, the villainous twi- uh, the villainous twists that are going to really sort of jump out are going to feel expected right like what if the government wasn't actually your friend it's like yeah dude what if um you know in a moment (laughs) in a moment in a moment where we're living through uh, a reality that does beg those questions you need this you need the story in the show to really hit really hard to stand out yeah like i i'm still trying to wrap my mind around what i expect to to see from the flag smashers because i I mean the vibe i got from them was very generic you know i think ghost from ant-man is kind of a good uh comparison because i i I felt a similar way similar way about her coming out of uh, out of that show and going into this right it very much feels like a hey all right we got a group the flag smashers they're terrorists you know you you understand you understand what's going on they're they're terrorists (laughs) and we're gonna make the we're gonna make these guys clash which i with i guess the new cap- U.S. agent, right? The new Captain America. Um, uh, right, right. He'll be too yeah, like, brutal if, with them. What if, you know, we're obviously set up to not like the U.S. agent. You know, it's like obviously they did that on purpose and the internet reacted the way they knew they wanted. What if we get into episode two and the U.S. agent is as nice as like Ted Lasso? He's a cool guy. He, they, <laughs> they just sell him as a genuinely just like, oh my God, I like this I guy. I guarantee what there's if? going he's, to be he's some the of chance that. the rapper of, of the Marvel Universe. Nobody can dislike this guy. And there's going to be some, you know, there's going to be more propaganda, right? Woven into this story as a part of like what makes the U.S. agent evil. But something that is important to bear in mind is like in the comics, the U.S. agent does spend some time operating as an official Avenger, right? Yeah. The thing that makes him a really dangerous and fascinating character is that he represents the presence of the government in the Avengers' lives in a way that they really cannot get away from as the most active superheroes in the world. And so for him to be cast as just like a, ha-ha, I'm the evil Captain America, it's like, no, don't give me that. If you want to give me evil Captain America, give me Captain America resurrected as a Nazi. This guy, I feel like, can represent a more like nuanced kind of like structural problem for both agreed. sam and bucky agreed agreed okay well uh i think that that tackles the, the majority of episode one again we've only seen episode one and we're looking forward to seeing more episodes and we'll probably do like a uh, a season wrap up Big for this one since this will be a shorter season yeah um so we will roll into head cannons and we can talk a little bit about what we kind of uh hope for these characters in the future uh yeah let's do it So like we're at like we're in, we're in, we're in phase 4 y'all and I would assume that with the introduction of the show they've got plans for stuff with 
Sam and Bucky that's going to go out beyond just this show. Talk to me about like what you feel you'd like to see where these characters go. Like what's their development in this big old verse of MCU, the new Avengers, all that kind of stuff. Blessing, let's hear from you first, dude, because I truly don't know. Yeah, no, I, I I think it's an interesting question because I've not thought too hard about what I want what I want to see from the future of, of Falcon and, and Bucky. I guess, you know, the the um reference we made to the to the title of the show earlier is probably a good jumping off point because the the show is called Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and you imagine at least my assumption is that by the end of the show we get Falcon actually becoming Captain America, and we get mm. Bucky. I don't know. Actually, I don't know what we get Bucky being. I guess he's just Bucky at that point. <laughs> like I don't, or uh, or actually no, uh, White Wolf. You know, I'm, uh, is, is that what they call him? That That's is like, what the that is what the one Wakandan kid calls him, and it is what his code name. One of his code names is in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. So here's I, where we, here's here's where we take Bucky. Bucky <laughs> gets a gets a goddamn break. Gets to go on vacation. And everyone stops calling Bucky to fix their shit. No. That's where we we let we let a traumatized PTSD soldier like get a break. John, he literally just had a break. Nah, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. You had your break, nah, man. This, this is this is him getting back. Let him, the world. let him, let him, let him do his TED Talk tour. Let him do, let him just do that. Let him, you know, enjoy, you know, catching up on Netflix and going to Disneyland. You just want to see the, the Bucky lifestyle brand become a thing. I would not say no to that, but that's not where this is coming from. Okay. <laughs> I, I do want to see a, a black Captain America thrive and exist. And I think that is what the show is setting us up for. You know, thematically in the show, it feels like they are tackling with is the is the world ready for a, a black Captain America? It seems like those are the strings they're, they're, they're kind of pulling. And in a way, I feel like that is kind of uh, that can kind of translate to the real world, you know, uh, in like that in that weird way where us watching the show or at least me watching the show, I'm like, Dude, we're about to get a bit of a, a Black Captain America on the on the big screen like that. That I think I think that's going to be huge for that character and for for Marvel in general. And so I I want to see that come to fruition and I want to see it done done with justice. That's kind of what what I hope they do with with Falcon. In terms of like future shows and future series, I have no idea. I guess I guess the next time he'd appear would probably be in a Captain America movie or not a, in a an Avengers movie or maybe a Spider Man. Like, I have it, no, no idea. It it would be considering he's not he's not in a place of confidence with it right now written well it would be fun to see him rise to that that occasion and to and to not only just take over as as cap but also in a overall leadership position for like the avengers initiative i think yeah that would, if 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 written well that'd be interesting i'll love that because who I, I who else would be the leader in that instance i guess like you have your thors right and you have your hey, hey, spider-man ain't but, gonna do it he needs to do his homework yeah, spider-man is too young you know when i think of who could be the natural leader uh for the next wave of avengers you know i think Falcon fits the bill pretty well as somebody who is ex- uh, combat experienced, as someone who who has had the mantle, I guess, officially passed on to him, and somebody who is uh, trying to grow into that. You know, I could see him fitting that bill pretty well, and I would be I would be very excited to see a, a, a next Avengers movie that is, hey, yeah, it's Falcon and it's Thor or maybe Bucky or whoever else is the I guess the Iron Man to his Fal- Black Panther or whoever, right? Like, could be the the, the next. Um, yeah. the wave of leaders for the Avengers. I would love that. They're going to have this whole wave of like next gen Avengers that it would be good to have. Fal- I think Falcon as like the root to yeah. the origins. Now I want Bucky to get a vacation. Also, I agree. He needs a break. I, just, <laughs> I really disagree with you guys. I'm in no hurry to get back to big, big Avengers movies where there's a core leader who tells everybody what to do. That's so that to me feels like that would just be a return to what the first couple of phases of Marvel movies were. Right. New faces, but same basic kinds of dynamics with slightly different lines. I want to see sure. Sam spend more time in America, like in America, closer to the ground dealing with people. Right. I do like the idea of Sam popping up as Captain America in a movie at some point down the line, but I would much rather spend a lot more time seeing more of what Captain America as an idea in the modern world looks like for people who interact with him beyond just like these early days when Sam's getting a feel for it. Um, I think that one of the most powerful scenes in this premiere was that museum, right, of that was really just sort of like a testament to Captain America's legacy. I want to see what building that for Sam looks like outside of the wild happenstance of there being a militant group and an ersatz Captain America running around. You know what I mean? Like, what does it look like? What is Captain America for Sam when he's literally just doing the job on a day to day basis? Um, sure. Again, like character, character studies. It's it's 
it's kind of it's kind of where my heart lives. For Bucky, I just want to see him get his other arm chopped off so that he can have symmetry on both sides. Because having one strong <laughs> arm doesn't. <laughs> you don't you don't dig the one arm the one middle arm. Look, I feel like what that's is so he stylish. How, okay, so he has to ground. So he has to like root himself to the ground and throw. Uh, what is what is one strong arm going to do against an alien? It doesn't make any <laughs> oh my sense. God. I'm sorry. I'm I, sorry. So, in what form do you want to see Falcon return then? Are you thinking a season two of Falcon and Winter Soldier? Are you thinking we don't see him? For, so that's the thing, years? right? There was a little, there was a really big question as to whether or not there would be a WandaVision two. It didn't really make a lot of sense, particularly because of how it ended. And WandaVision always felt like a show that was meant to be a one-off about Wanda becoming the Scarlet Witch. I can see something with Sam either a see either if not necessarily a subsequent season i can see sam popping up elsewhere in the disney plus shows particularly as they start to usher in this next generation of younger superheroes right um i as much as i understand the idea of like oh like you were inspired by this one hero who you were modeled after for kamala khan it's uh, carol danvers and for kate it's hawkeye but it's like but what if the thing that really sold you, right, on wanting to become an Avenger was meeting, you know, Sam? And not just like you saw him fly by, but you spent some time being like, oh, shit, like this is this is what that's all about. That for me is kind of like that's what I want to once he sort of like becomes Captain America before he's really sort of like big screen Captain America. I need to see the impact that he has on other heroes in this world for it to really work for me. I like that idea, too. That'd be cool. So that brings this episode of The Real Canon to a close. Uh, we want to extend a special thank you to Blessing again for joining us. Uh, Blessing, where should people go if they want to find more of you? Yeah, thank you so much for hitting me up about this. I really enjoyed talking about uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I love talking about MCU. And so this was a in, it was an awesome time being here. Uh, if people want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Blessing Junior. That is at Blessing JR. Uh, again, I make content during the day for YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We have plenty of podcasts and plenty of shows you can check out over there. Uh, one of the shows we have over there is a show called The Blessing Show. Uh, it is my show where uh, in under 10 minutes, I break down a hot topic in the video games industry. Uh, we have episodes about how we can save marvel's avengers we have an episode about puzzle games i highly recommend people go over there and check that out um otherwise during the nighttime i stream on my personal channel over on twitch.tv slash blessing junior so you can find me at either place sounds good and uh, hey guys if you liked what you heard and we obviously know you did because this was just so much fun to listen to uh why not tell a friend about the show uh, i mean literally word of mouth is you know the way that we spread the word about the show and grow our audience we want to keep that going so let us know um, if you, uh, you know, made a new friend with, uh, the real canon and let us know at our social at real canon pod. Um, you know, we, uh, let us know who you shared this week's episode with. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So if this was your first episode, checking us out, definitely give us a follow. We've got episodes about WandaVision, Pokemon, Godzilla, Star Wars, and plenty of other stuff planned ahead. So you guys get ready, get hyped, and we'll be back next week with more of the real canon.